Geek Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Padula Neal. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a meat cute. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And uh, this week on the show, we are looking at the comic Superman Son of Kal-El, the first volume written by Tom Taylor and art by John Timms. And uh, this is, as it says, the son of Kal-El. This is about Jonathan stepping in as Superman. No longer is he a super boy, he is a superman. Before this, have you read any Jonathan Kent stuff? No, but I, I was aware of the brouhaha and the ha. Oh, yes, the brouhaha, because yeah. there's always a brouhaha when changes are made to a character, especially if it's one about sexual orientation, because there's always or, those people. Or race or gender. Or race or, yeah, or race or gender. Yeah. There's always those people that are going to bitch, totally. So the character, of course, has been around for a while, a little backstory on him. He debuted in the, I believe it was Dan Jurgens did a series during the New 52, but was it wasn't a part of the New 52, where Clark and Lois end up having a child. He grows up to, it's Jonathan Kent, and, uh, you know, he becomes like the new Superboy. And when we transferred into the, uh, what was after the New 52? What the hell was it called? Ah, oh, man. Rebirth. Rebirth. No. There we yeah. go. Yes. So when Rebirth happened, that continuity of that Superman with the kid, with Jonathan Kent, stuck around, and he ended up getting his own book with Robin called Super Sons, and uh, yeah, he's been doing some stuff, and Bendis decided, hey, I want to age him up, because I'm going to be doing a Legion of Superheroes, and he's a bit too young for me, so he sent him into space, and aged him up, brought him back, and he was older, did the Legion of Superheroes stuff, and now he's transitioned into his own book, and I think it's a pretty good first story. Uh, I think they really do a lot of stuff with the character, and everything in the book feels natural, in my opinion. Nothing, like, stood out and made me go, this doesn't seem right for the story. Yeah, very Kenty, very, like, good family, lots of all of the things you'd want to see, especially, like, my favorite was John's new friend being more starstruck by meeting Lois than Superman. Like, that was so yeah. cute. Yeah, because yeah, Jay Nakamura is the boyfriend. And when he's introduced, he's actually introduced twice. First as someone at the university that uh, Jonathan tries to go to under the worst secret identity ever. And uh, then second... With, with a wig worthy of, I'm going to say it, Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On terms of like our wig quality ranking. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but then, of course, the second time that uh, Jay's brought into the story is Jay is the head of an underground news organization on the web that reports the truth, unbiased truth about what's going on. And, of course, it is cleverly named The Truth. <laughs> very on the nose. So, of course, he is very enamored with Lois Lane when he meets because he's a news hound. Oh, man. But uh, we'll get into Jay a bit later. Let's get into the actual, like, story of it, which Jay is connected to, is that when Jonathan decides to step up and be Superman, he decides he wants to be proactive in the sense that stands up for not just the average, you know, American or whatever, 
but stand up for the people that are, you know, being othered. It's vo- like the, their voices are not being heard properly and he decides to stand up for them. So like in the ways of like, he's doing it publicly, of course, when the refugees from Gamora, Gamora. Yes. There we go. Which I kept forgetting the name Gamora because Gamora in MCU was like, my mind just rejected the name every time I saw when the people of the refugees of Gomorrah who had fled their country because of persecution, that president of Gomorrah says, isn't a thing. It's they're lying. They were criminals. So the North America, the American judicial system has decided we're going to send them back. Superman stands up and says, if you're going to arrest these people, you got to arrest me too. It's interesting how he gets to that because there's a lot of like back and forth talk with his dad in the first couple of issues before Superman has to leave to help people in another world. And what I really liked about it is that Clark is basically saying to him, son, I trust you. I believe in you. You can carve your own path. If you think something isn't right, stand up for it. And I really like that the show because like a lot of times when you see someone new taking up the mantle in comics, the previous mentor or whatever, is not 100% willing to go with what they're seeing. They're like, oh, you're doing it all wrong. You should do it this way. Like, I think one of the most examples that pops in my head is when Sam Wilson decides to do kind of the same thing in the pages of Sam Wilson, Captain America. Steve Rogers, who's aged up to like 90, is like, this isn't the way we do things. It's like, you don't see that here. You see Superman going, you know, you're young and you you know what's going on in this world for people your age. You've been out there. You have concerns. I stand behind you. And yeah, I definitely would... different energy from how we see in sort of pre-New 52 rebirth, whatever, like the way T-Titans were treated by the Trinity and the other like groans. Oh, yeah. The Teen Titans were always getting smacked down by Batman going, you fuckers, you're not doing it right. It was very daycare. Yeah. Very, yeah, very Spider-Man scoop babysitter mode. Like the whole everything that they were allowed to participate in. And when occasionally they would like surpass expectations, it would just be the most like passive aggressive, like, well, okay, you did all right, but go back to your little T-shaped tower and like chill out. So I agree with you hundred percent. I like the kind of trust and autonomy, but then also I get that. Unfortunately, obviously Clark would treat his own child different from like a Connor Kent one because you're not concerned the whole nature nurture your little brother there is a half evil Uh, (laughs) and and also like you've been with us well maybe not their whole life but like most of their life and like you know like they've got that kent family values and like the lowest smarts like there's that's right they got good genes yeah yeah it's not all about just the kryptonian genes like there's a few repeated lines even like when both Lois and John are kind of creeped out when Damien's smiling. Like, I don't, why are you grinning? <laughs> it's very disconcerting coming from you. Well, I got to admit, it's disconcerting for me as well. Cause it's yeah. like before Jonathan was aged up, you know, him and Damien were teammates all the time. And Damien was just like the angry sop the entire, even when he's like, you know, it's like just angry, just a grump the entire time. So to see him like in this being kind of happy for his friend. Yeah. This is weird. You know, it was, it was sweet, but it was, it was disconcerting for all of us. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's like, can you just not 
with the smiling. Like, like if this was okay. a Dick or a Tim or a Jason, okay, maniacal, but still. Yeah. Like this, but watching that smile on the Damien face was like, ooh, like you're giving me more Joker than yeah. You know what it made like, me feel like for your friend. What it made me feel like was the Peacemaker TV show, the way Vigilante acts mm. when he's trying to show the nice, sensitive touching and everything like that. It's like it feels like that. It's like you don't know how to do this, Damien. So it's yeah. coming off weird. <laughs> yeah, or like watching Dexter practice smiling. Yeah. In the mirror. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> and he, oh. and we, I feel like he's more happy that he figured it out so quickly. Yes, he's happy for his friend, but the more sociopath, because definitely that kid is way more all gold than anything else. <laughs> um, well, no, like, yeah, we were talking about good genes. Like, yeah. To take... <sighs> Talia Ghoul and Bruce Wayne, two of the yeah. most emotionally fucked up people on the planet, and they yeah. produce a child. Those are bad genes. Yeah, and then on top of that, like your only bonding with your parent is the Bruce Wayne training regime, which yeah. you know would make some of those sketchy, uh, scared, straight sleepaway camps look like the Holiday Inn. It's a, uh, it's fun. It's fun. Anyway, all that to say. Happy that Damien attempted to express happiness, but it did give me like a bit of like a shiver down the back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But I guess that's also like shouts to the artist, like being able to do that with just like a couple panels of conveying the closeness of that relationship between the two offspring of the Trinity and also being able to give us those emotional moments, like the very sort of aw shucks john like doing the hand behind the neck scratching like mm. oh yeah i, I kind of guess i do have like a boyfriend now and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just the smugness of like damien congratulating them before they're even told it was just so clark and bruce kind of energy mm. yeah i did like that yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really good. I also like the the use of the Kents in this. We're, they're brought into the story, and they're kind of like again, the, the mom and pa Kent are kind of used as people in peril to, for the big shocking climax before you get to the next issue. And it was all right. I think like I, I didn't feel like it was forced to 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 do that to use them as kind of like the pawns in the situation. It gave a good action beat there right in the middle where you've been spending a lot of time doing a lot of sentimentality. But really when it gets down to it, it's all about the introduction of Jay and the relationship with Jay. And I really think they handled it well because all of the scenes between Jay and John, Jonathan, feel like just the way it should be. Like nothing feels forced here. The one thing that I was sort of like, they put a lot on this character because it's like he's... The love interest, he's from Gamora, which is the place that is in peril right now because of the mm-hmm. uh, the evil president of Gamora, Henry Bendix, or Bendix. So he's that. He's the head of the truth, which, you know, puts out the information there. But then he also has superpowers. And was, the son of the missing... Oh, right. Son of... That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Son of the missing president as well, that it's like... So much plot. Yeah, so much on one character. It's like, really, you know, like, to me, when I hear all that, if I was, like, friends with Jonathan and he told me about his new boyfriend, he told me all that, I'd be like, run, there's a lot of baggage with this guy. (laughs) This this is a lot. Like, do you think maybe you want to start off something a little more casual? Yeah. Like, get a better wig, maybe go to Pride, dance around, 
Yeah. But also, I kind of like the idea of uh, we've all over the years debated on how exactly Clark handles intimate relations. Having a partner who you can't harm because they can face through stuff. Not a bad idea. (laughs) Not a bad pairing for somebody who has to, as Jay questions, how do you do that when he has to knock on the window? Like you can knock down mountains. How do you just like knock on a window? He's like very carefully. It's like we know if uh, John gets too excited because this is maybe uh, his first serious relationship that you know can't be hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's good. That's that's Mm. good for that. Other than that, I thought the introduction of the character was good. I thought it fit in really well there. It was nice to have somebody for. Jonathan to bounce ideas off of that isn't directly connected to everything in his life. Cause as Damien points out at the beginning of the story, Damien is his only friend who is not related to him. Yeah. It's tough when you just hang out at a farm or flying around saving people with your dad. And I mean, Damien's his friend, but it's like, then all your other friends are like maybe only people, you know, through your dad's work. Or like even when, people in the freaking future that you won't you don't see anymore. <laughs> right. And when who told him the real name? Was it it was a flash, yeah. Yeah. When he's like, Why are you telling me your, you know, outside place name? And it's like he's just so not used to just like meeting people and like having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough out there for a super kid. Clark has sort of went through all of that and then came out. He didn't have the same Yes, we've seen all the different iterations of kind of young Clark having the I'm just trying to blend in and be a normal farm boy, but I also have these powers and, you know, growing up, depending on, you know, what you're reading, like he may not know until a certain age, like even where he came from uh, until the parents tell him. So he didn't have that kind of adjustment period. He always knew like my dad's Superman, like I'm special. So always feeling alien in a different way from his father, from other people. So yeah. meeting Jay for the first time briefly in the terrible wig before he blows his own cover to protect people from a, a mass shooting at school. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, listeners, trigger warning. Um, it's unfortunately, it's Ooh. a terrible, it's a, yeah, I know. It's yeah. a terrible thing yeah. that that scene is always relevant. Mm-hmm. These days. Yeah. Yeah. So. That moment of like, I'm going to get to go to school. I'm going to get to meet people like in my new, you know, persona, obviously a fresh baby gay, because otherwise you would have known where to get a better wig. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's tough, but it's a different kind of tough because he didn't have that issue that Clark had of I'm lying to everyone. And then every time I choose to like disclose, I'm putting this person in like grave and terrible danger. Yeah, yeah, his dad already dealt with all of that kind of before he was born. But then on top of that is like this is the whole reason why he wanted to get the secret identity and everything is in this point. It had only been, I think, maybe about a few months in the comics. Clark Kent had just come out to the world that he's Superman. So just months before this, he painted a target on the Kent family. Hence why people knew exactly where to send that bomb in this story. No matter the explanation in the book. The Justice League really dropped the ball. Like, that's mm. one of the locations where that should never freaking happen. And they fucked up, you know? Yeah. You have one job. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody fell asleep during monitoring duty. That's what really happened. 
Yeah, very much the yeah. Let's leave Mundungus Fletcher to watch Harry Potter. Nothing bad should happen. <laughs> Dementors won't come to Little Winching. Yeah, it was just yeah. come on. What I what I think what, what happened what happened was Martian Manhunter had too many Oreos while on monitoring watch and just you know took a nice little Martian nap. No, this feels like the work of a booster gold type. Like I'm thinking more like a C team type person. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody like flipped over to start binging something on Netflix and like wasn't watching the monitors. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You but go. also they were smart. They did pick like a crop dusting kind of like a, an aircraft that would be not as suspect to be near the cornfields around the Kent family farm. Right. And used a human and not an actual so maybe they scanned for things, but they just didn't do a second scan. Who knows? Well, it's come performance review time. I think we'll have a few things to say. My oh, God. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Notes. Yeah. There's yes. notes. There's 100%. Notes. Yeah. Definitely. You're not getting an exceeds expectation. Whoever yeah. was at the switch. Now, let's talk about the villain of the piece, the antagonist, Henry Bendix. That's just a really, doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Bendix. I know you want to do a pun there. I can tell. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. no. Really? I thought me saying roll off the tongue and bend dicks made you think of something there. (laughs) Absolutely nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all. But anyways, Henry here, he's your typical maniacal dictator type. I'd say he's the only part of the story that I wasn't too invested in because of the fact that he's kind of very one note in this yeah we're not getting a lot of motivation the one thing i will say that is good is that they are literally doing too much with bendix just like if we're looking at bendix is really more of an antagonist for jay and not so much john yeah having too much plot Mm. absolutely so you're the ruler of this so okay so you're some weird billionaire that just showed up and made a lot of promises and people got initially excited and said sure do whatever you you want because that never happens in the real world and this then on island of- is going to be the best island ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to buy this social media island. Whatever. It's <laughs> fine. Um, so you have that plus like, okay, so you're actually a secret despot. Okay. So on top of that, you somehow have the means to do a bunch of experiments on people and like give them powers and even though you came in as like a pseudo benevolent leader, all these other countries are scared of you. Like, it's just, it's a lot, but also mm. like, we're not getting any kind of motivation or even like some small reason why we should empathize with them. And, you know, one of the best sort of worst villains in recent memory is still like the into the spider verse kingpin where yes, horrible, literally murdering people with his bare hands. However, like it's its primary objective is about getting like wife and child back suppose for into the spider verse yeah. from 2018 i'm sorry if you didn't see it already it's like the best movie ever um <laughs> so if you're going to make somebody that is this like despotic and sort of grand with their objectives don't make me like them like them but at least give me like some why right why give them a motivation that. that you can look at it and go okay well that's a reason somebody would do something yeah Although, honestly, when let's think about any kind of real world billionaire that one may objectively say probably would be evil if they lived in a comic book universe. Do they need a reason to just want more stuff and not care about the minion class? No, they just do. Yeah, Uh, as they say in the Tao of Pooh, Pooh just is. So maybe maybe Bendix just is. Yeah. 
Maybe Bendix wants to fire his car into space or go into space with two of his buddies. Or they, You notice that the millionaires are really obsessed with space right now, the billionaires? Mm. Really obsessed with space. It's almost like they know the Earth is ruined. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, of course they know. They're the ones that ruined it. So. One note before we go too far about the art. I do want to just give shouts for issue four. We have, and I don't know, I didn't do any research on like why it was a different artist for four. The covers were still John Timms. Yeah. But the inside was Danielle DiNicolo. When I was reading that issue, I did notice like a slight difference. It was kind of like a fun anime almost. The noses were really pointy. Yeah. What I like... felt like it was like, if you look at the John Timms and then you look at this, it would be like if the characters were then sucked into an animated universe. An anime animated universe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so they were pretty much the same, but altered slightly. Yeah. Yeah. So you got some of the real like pointy Evangelion level, like, sharpness of features mm. in that issue and then it goes back to it's still the art in the other ones is like similar but for that one it they took it a little bit further and i actually kind of like it because there's a lot of action stuff in that one so i mean there's action in everyone but like that's you get like the flash you get a lot of flying the sky you get like the big crater so the kind of even more heightened art approach in that one it fit mm. yeah it was like after, you know, Sailor Moon spins around and yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. happening for that Definitely. issue. And then you go back to like the normal art style. What I always struggle with sometimes both with Connor and other iterations of things like this, where whether it's even a bizarro, like I like the subtle but consistent differences in how they're drawn. So you always know. And it's not just size. Mm. And they didn't go super big Alex Ross, like barrel chest with Clark. But yes, he's bigger, but it's also like some things are consistently different. Like John's hair is a little more. I've just run the pomade through my palms and like let it go. Whereas Clark always has the consistent like spit curl in the front and other things about like even sort of the taper of the waist is a little bit less severe with John. But you're still getting like not the feeling of, oh, he probably couldn't do the same things as Superman because he does look close enough. Like, he's not that much smaller, whereas Connor sometimes always looks a little bit like, he can't do this stuff. Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. This this is just, like, sort of like a, a thick bro in a black t-shirt where, like, John is like, oh, no, I believe that you could just, like, go swim out to the middle of the ocean, pick up, like, a whole boat of people and, like, keep them moving, like, 100%. I do like that about the kind of consistency through the issues of... I always know who I'm looking at in a panel, even though obviously they're wearing the same outfit most of the time. Yeah, everybody has their own specific look to them. It's got a good amount of variance in it. And the story, though, for this first chapter in The Son of Kal-El, they follow a very basic Superman premise in the sense of Superman sees people in danger, stands up for it. There's somebody behind it. He then confronts them. There's a big brouhaha, saves the day at the end. But of course, because it's the first chapter of a comic, there's the little thing at the end to show that, oh, things aren't over with Bendix here. He's got a whole collection of super-powered people. He's going to use, like, nuclear weapons eventually, which will probably happen in the next story. But you get the catharsis of the Superman saves the day in this story. 
which is how you want to start the first story in any Superman series. And he's got also reestablishing a... the fundamentals of Superman, especially since this is a different Superman. But similar to his father, in Justice Anywhere, I got to handle it. Yeah. However, just not thinking things through consequences, mm. maybe a little research. And this is where the mix of uh, just general kind of like sketchiness of a Bruce who like the minute he's born is figuring out like what his strengths and weaknesses <laughs> would be, which is uh, best gone for their ever. It's like, how, how would I murder this child if they <laughs> turned out to be a problem? Um, <laughs> anyway, it's like, I'm going to save the day and not think through perhaps the ramifications of this and the knock-on issues and how to proactively deal with that. I'm just going to keep reacting, which mm. definitely his father's son like relies a bit too much on LeBron and not too much on the street sports. And like right now, new boyfriend is just like very excited to have like met the parents already and to like have a big story to work on and possibly be able to like say their mom and deal with all the other stuff. But I feel like what was always good about the Clark Lois of it all is like we had someone with Clark to help mitigate the Boy Scout energy with a bit more brains mm. yeah she would go kamikaze breaking into things whatever but she always had a backup plan i didn't get that with john yet very much sort of storming in hopefully as if they continue and the relationship develops and this becomes more of a long-term thing we get to see a bit of like balance of somebody who's more of a you know, researcher investigative journalist whatever to mitigate the but i can just go punch a hole through it like that's fine too it's like yeah sure you could yeah, you could but however that's the best move yeah and and how do we deal with the ramifications if there's kind of political fallout or whatever if you're just heading up against a despot you can't always just run straight through the front door and i think that is like of all of the things this book is trying to do which it's trying to do almost as much as the poor plot that's on jay's purple haired little shoulders uh it's <laughs> The thing it did best was sort of show, okay, we're like intermediate level at best, Clark. Like we're just kind of just running in very much just fresh out of the farm kid. I'm just going to save people no matter what. And I'll deal with what happens afterwards. And it's like, okay, so now you've saved this ultra density person twice and the fire person, like mm. definition of insanity, kid, come on. Like, let's not just, okay, I'm going to hand you off to somebody else to watch. Like, people keep failing. They fail to watch your grandparents' house. They fail to keep these people contained that you have, like, rescued. They fail to, like, keep these refugees safe that you've had to rescue. It's like, let's start thinking more proactive planning. And I hope that's what I see in terms of the growth of this character. Like, the, the family stuff is good and solid. I like where the relationship's going. I do wish there'd been a bit more of a lead up. I didn't get as much of like that kind of like flirty, like, will they, won't they stuff. It was, but you know, that's also probably more realistic if you're a kid who's got superpowers and your dad just left town possibly forever based on your knowledge of the future and you're under a lot of stress and you're probably really horny too. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's a young man. Yeah. That's kind of part of being a young man. Is horny. Yeah, is you're getting heavy. <laughs> you're getting heavy, like friendly vibes from this person, and like just go for it. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. There you go. 
Yeah, no, overall, I thought it was a fun first story arc. Um, I like Tom Taylor's writing. Uh, eventually, we'll cover his Nightwing stuff because his Nightwing stuff is really good. But yeah, I think this is a, this is a great book to check out. Volume 1 is available in trade and digitally as well. Definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good first start for the Jonathan Kent character branching out on his own. Absolutely. Well, we've come to the end of another back issue bloodbath. Petula, where can people find you? At Inatif.com, on Twitter at Obesakantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-A-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where you can, we post the uh, new episode every week. But, of course, the easiest way to make sure that you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Be the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And while you're there, please leave a five-star rating and review because it helps with the analytics, and that makes the world go round. We've come to the end. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petula Neal. Have yourself a good...